Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior, out of pitch. <laughs> Special extra issue, Rick and Morty, season four. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. I'm Adam. And I'm Brent Wingate. And starting last year, we got the highly anticipated return of Rick and Morty with their season four. Season three took a long time to produce. And after a contract agreement with Adult Swim for the production of a staggering 70 additional episodes, Harmon and Royland promised fans that they've learned how to streamline some of their production and help the show be released faster. With that, we had a split season with the first five episodes appearing last year as late as December and the remaining five beginning at the end of May. While all the, why all the buildup with the uh, production talk? Well, it's to give you fuckos time to stop listening if you don't want to hear about the dragon orgies, story circle train rides, Phoenix person fighting. Yes, Rick made a clone of Beth, you son of a bitch. We're in spoilers. Plus, it's also really difficult to summarize a season of what happened to Rick and Morty. Um, I'd like to just go ahead and start. Uh, let's do what we normally do. Uh, what makes this the best? Adam, Ryan, go. Great. Um, <laughs> one, I think the best part for me was bringing in old elements and making them new again. So that means like a lot of the, our fav fan favorite characters came back and they weren't annoying as fuck. They just kind of blended in well because that can be a tricky ground to do to rehash certain things, interdimensional cable, I'm looking at you. So it's, uh, I, I was glad to see a lot of old favorites back. Uh, I would second that. I think the season finale is actually probably, I'd have to like run back through my Rolodex of what the actual season finales are, but this one is definitely going to stick out to me as one of the best in the, I don't know, 90 plus episodes they'll probably end up with if they actually follow through on their production contract. I just thought it was, like Ryan, you were saying, it's a perfect combination of nostalgic uh, elements while also moving a story forward, which I don't think Rick and Morty is necessarily known for, but I think as an ongoing fan, I feel like we all would generally agree that like the continuity, the story connection, and the evolution of characters is, is really interesting, especially in a show that deals with so many philosophies, emotions, and topics. Um, and this is in general, I thought the... 10 episodes were great. I wish they would have been condensed. Obviously, we had to wait to watch the second half, but tons and tons of memories from these episodes. Uh, and I think in particular, the train episode was a really fun evolution for me uh, instead of the standard um, intergalactic cable. I think it's a great sort of clip show that, that takes it to another level. Um, and I'm always going to praise cartoon shows that talk about cum gutters on an ongoing basis. Kaylin, <laughs> uh, 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 why is this the best? Um, I think the jokes were a lot sharper and more memorable this season than maybe even in previous seasons. And I really do love this show. I've loved it since season one. But, I mean, there's nothing that makes me laugh harder than The Wizard whipping the dragon going you slut you slut like i or like when they're in the dragon caves and rick's like who the fuck are you and then the dragon's like like who the fuck am i who the fuck are you like i could not stop laughing <laughs> yeah um, when 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 summer goes 
are you gonna go slay the dragon? And he and Rick goes, first of all, I always slay it. Queen. Slay queen. <laughs> mm -hmm. All that's great. I mean, even in like some episodes that don't quite work, uh, like snake jazz makes me laugh every time. How dare uh, you? <laughs> uh, you know, it's just like little things like that. Um, I just find they've sort of fine tuned, but it kind of, I don't want to talk about it yet, but it leans into why this season is also the worst. All right, Clark. So Clark should go and why it's the best. Um, I, I think it did not go into any like, off off directions that made absolutely no sense and didn't really matter for the main plot. I know most people did not like the end of the third season with the fake-ish Obama thing that happened. That was right. like, what, yeah. why is this happening and what is this? And I don't care. It also towed the line well between um, being continuity heavy and then playing against continuity. You know, like he obviously sometimes doesn't want to bring continuity into it because it just, just seems like a burden sometimes. And he comments on that, but then also gives us that heavy last episode that is like, not right. heavy, but, you know, like heavy on the continuity of the entire series. Yeah, I think that uh, to dovetail on that, my probably my favorite part, but maybe one of the themes I noticed going throughout was how much this season felt like it had to prove itself again under the mm. different light of obsessive fandom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Got so many episodes which the characters have meta commentary like, hey, maybe we could just have kind of like a one-off thing and it doesn't matter. And others are still trying to say like, but we promise you there will be stuff to come that has a longer arcing character development. So please just let us make a show and don't get too attached to anything. So like with all the characters that you got to see reoccurring roles in, we saw Mr. Poopy Butthole twice. <laughs> Once like this, you know, kind of uh, excellent heist uh, former professor and as this uh, Darth Sidious uh, type creature who's fighting at the end when all the, in the story train, when all of the, you know, me seeks and the, Mort the evil Morty and that whole thing, you know, coalesce together. I think it did a good job of trying to like, back everyone off their dick like calm <clears throat> down it is a tv show with that being said i would say the worst is for a show to have to do that is kind of annoying <laughs> it is a little bit irritating like maybe have two episodes saying we can still the training episode i think was the best one for it it said yeah. hey we've got tons of of stories we can tell you don't worry but it really felt like it was pleading and begging what did you guys think um, as far as the worst goes? Kaylin, let's start with you. So um, it kind of is linked to the best. I felt like there were amazing scenes uh, throughout season four, but there were very few episodes I felt were really cohesive. Um, I think the ones that worked were the season premiere of season four at the very beginning when it premiered last December or whenever that was or November when uh, Morty has the death crystal and he's trying to you know work his way to figure out um, um, you know to die in summers is summer is that her or what's the girl that he likes oh um, no Jessica Jessica yeah. yeah yeah Jessica's arms uh, I thought that was uh, a very clever sci-fi story, and then it had like a hell of a gut punch of a punchline. 
um, when you find that Jessica just wants to be a hospice worker and just, you know, uh, just console people, even if she doesn't know their names. Um, Which is funny because they're the same age, so. Right. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but the rest of the episodes, I mean, even the dragon episode, which I referenced earlier, or like uh, the heist episode, or even some in the latter half of season four, I felt like they were just, they were all kind of uh, focused around one joke that Royland and Harmon wanted to do. And that joke was really good. But the rest of the episode just was like, oh, that's, that was okay. It didn't, there was no, there was no episode that hit the highs of like total recall from season two or, um, or the uh, aquatic adventure, whatever it was called from season three, where they go Tales to the Council of Bricks. Yeah, Tales from the Citadel. Uh, but it, yeah, um, like that episode, like there was nothing that hit that kind of, oh shit moment uh, that like the show can be super clever um uh this season it's good but it just isn't great um, my least favorite thing about it i i mean it's because i hate heist movies i hated that episode i did not care at what? all i was How like i'm bored of shit you oh son of a bitch God. you're out i yeah. hate i hate heist movies i find them boring as hell so i found that episode boring as hell that um God. Okay, we'll talk well, about that. Well, so I was just going to say, I think it, it's probably, to that point, it's probably a season where your mileage varies depending on what you, A, I think what tropes you like and don't. Like, on the Ver side, I love, I don't like heist movies. I like how stupid they are in terms of tropes. So I was living, I've watched that episode so many fucking times. I've showed it to so many people because it's that, I think it's that, like, uh, shared experience that everyone's seen a shitty heist movie so it, like even if you it's probably not a great fan episode but it's a great like introductory episode to the show because people are just like oh this is a fun gimmick and i don't have to know too much to really get what the fuck's going on but at the same time i i can see why if there were a lot of like i think to your i think it might have been maybe kaylin i guess it was you that said like take a joke spread it out and if the joke doesn't work for you then the episode doesn't work and i think like the season itself is on quality is heavy on both ends of it. But in the middle, I think the mileage varies depending on what your interest is. Like for me again, like I, I thought the snake jazz episode was absolutely hilarious, but I can also see why it's just such absurdist humor. And it's definitely not the best of what makes Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty, but it's still, a, it's still consistent quality to me. But I think that's the biggest gap that I can see is that not every single not even that it didn't, I think, it, I think the quality of the show didn't necessarily falter. It's that the elements that make the show successful to why people like it did. And I think that's probably I, like a big difference for me. Well, the other thing that I forgot that I said that was my favorite is that um, Jerry's my favorite character. I don't know if that's like crazy weird Ugh. or something. I absolutely <laughs> love Jerry. So like Gross. his final, his final love, the last episode where he like, you know, saved the day accidentally, but fucked up with his weird fucked up puppet show. Is amazing. Yeah. I don't know why I love him so much. I think it's because everyone come shit. over here, big boy. Yeah. Oh my god! Everyone ooh, shits ooh, on him ooh. so much that I like him. Me too. Because I'm the I don't Jesus like, Christ I, I, I of like, Christmas. Yeah, I like Rick for like entertainment's sake, but I hate him as a person. Yeah. So anybody yeah. that he hates, I I try to support, what? especially someone he constantly shits on. Ryan, why, what is, why is this the worst? It's, I mean, it's back to what you guys were talking about. Like, I, I, some of the episodes probably could have ended halfway through. The heist one specifically sticks out in my mind. I'm like, 
oh, so there's going to be a robot adventure afterwards because we kind of already solved the heist thing. So, I, I mean, plotting-wise, it's annoying, but if the jokes keep rolling in so well, it has me still hooked. The, the, uh, when Morty Gets a Dragon episode is technically not a well-written episode, but that <laughs> one makes me laugh. It's just hilarious. Oh, so, It's yeah. funny. It's very funny. And I think it says a lot that we all like and dislike different ones. Like, I don't personally yeah. like the, the train one, and you guys love it. So, like, I think the overall season shows that you can like and not like certain ones, and it can still be a phenomenal season. I think that's an interesting point, because, like, when I talk to my straight friends, some of them just don't like the Dragon episode. Yeah. And all of my gay friends think it's absolutely hysterical. <laughs> Makes um, sense. The, the, I'm surprised, Clark, you don't like the heist episode because of how much Dan Harmon hates heist movies. I, and I, 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 I just find them so boring. It's not yes, that I hate them. It's too. that I find them so boring that I don't want to watch a well, version of it. So well, he, he, on his podcast, Harmontown, has just talked unnecessarily so many times about how much he hates heist movies. And so when I'm watching this episode, all I'm seeing is him writing an essay where different characters talk about why they hate heist mm -hmm. movies. Uh, and they're like, well, how can we make the heist bigger? What if we heist a planet? Uh, to me, it just gets so, it's just so absurd. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that episode because of how stupid heist movies are fundamentally. 80% of the movie is making up the team. I just, after Mr. Pooby Butthole is introduced, I love Mr. Pooby Butthole, but after that I didn't, I wasn't interested anymore. I literally had to watch it three times in order to get through it because I was so uninterested. Um, I wanted to say the other issue that I had with this, this season is I, the fandom has kind of not ruined the show, but messed it up mm -hmm. so much that we what we're talking about where they have to constantly say these like the right. show has to constantly say these things is dragging it down the other problem is literally it's dragging it down because this is the lowest rated season of all the seasons yeah. oh, really? and i don't know if it's going to continue down that trajectory yeah but i wonder it's if also I the number one rated show on adult swim forever and it will be forever <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, I, I think mean, if, if you look at the ratings for other Adult Swim shows, oh, yeah. it's like point one. Fine. Like, chicken head, 3.0. <laughs> that 18 to 21-year-old stoner uh, oh, God, is yeah. a graphic for them. It's, I mean, it's definitely toxic fandom on two accounts. I think one is actually the quality of the show because now everyone has to voice mm -hmm. their specific, like, this is what I want Rick and Morty to be as opposed to the show, which is, like, perfectly fine, but obviously this is much more rabid fan base. And I, I think on top of that, it's, it's also the additive fan base that thinks, like, to your point, Clark, Rick is a hero. And that, like, he's a person you want to emulate. And it's funny. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of shit. Smarter than, right, exactly. So I think there's, like, two different types of fans that are both toxic for the quality of the show. Well, we went into incel world um, last year with um, right. the Rick episode because it was written by a woman and they all went crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so... What did you guys um, think about the way that they split the season? Because a lot of shows are doing that a lot more. And I don't know if, uh, I don't know all the production reasons behind why that occurred. 
if they just wanted higher ratings whenever. But to me, it doesn't seem like Adult Swim is driven by the same rating system that NBC is, for example. I, I felt it was kind of unnecessary. Um, I definitely think it kind of hurt the momentum of the of the season. Uh, even though um, the show isn't super serialized, um, it tends to be a little more episodic with continuity kind of interweaving uh, throughout the series as we talked about earlier. But I, I just felt, I don't know, like um, I would, it would have been better to wait for all 10 episodes uh, at the start of this year or like February or March or whatever, rather than doing November, December, taking a break and then coming back in May. Um, I don't know. I just sort of felt it was unnecessary. Ryan, what did you want to say? I, um, I would normally agree with you, Kaylin, because I love you. But I think this time Lies. around, we, we, needed, we needed content during this time frame, specifically this time frame, so bad that I'm glad we didn't get it all at once. Because it gave sure. me something to look forward to during this quarantine time that's been so shitty. But as a general rule, I think it's better if it just flows all together. So unless, let me just... unless the content's not available and ready. And then if you're releasing five just because they're not quite done animating the rest or voicing the, le- the rest, then I'm okay with it. Like whatever yes. gets the content out faster and smarter together, I'm okay with. So splitting it up isn't the worst thing in the world. So let me just clarify. I, I, if I wanted it all at once, but now, not today. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for, because of the content, because of uh, the, the fact that we are all at home, mm-hmm. we need more content. Uh, uh, and I think to your point, uh, if the latter five episodes weren't ready, then they should have just all released it at once. There was no need to kind of split it up that way. Well, I well I agree with Kaylin. I do think the episodes they chose for the fifth and sixth, you know, like the break, were the correct ones to choose. Yeah, it ended on you know chaos, crazy snake battle, and everybody in like the you know the continuity, but like it's just pretend continuity because they wanted to make that point. And then the sixth one is you know everyone having the Rick story on the train. I do, I, I would like to have it all together, but I do think it worked if I didn't really have to think about the fact that it was one season. I, I was gonna say, I, I would, from a, it really depends on what they wanna do with, I guess now 60 episodes since they made seven, they made 10. Um, yeah, so apparently they have, they've written season five already and that's kind of in production and they're yeah. currently writing season six. And it's like, to me, and obviously just what we talked about with the, the fan base, I'm almost like, I mean, obviously you need seasons, but I'm almost just like, just drive, drop five episodes every quarter or something. Like, bas- like basically like make it so it's not this like everyone has, because what, what I'm worried about with even what we're talking about is there, everyone's going to be monitoring seasons and just be like, oh, this one's, there's like, it's easier to make off ramps or claims of like better quality in the past versus future. If there isn't for a show like this, if you're condensing and everyone's amping up and I guess it has been a very long time between seasons. So I think there's another, that's another reason why there's so much excitement to, I think wanted this to hit exactly the same as the drug might've had three seasons ago. Cause the show is very like, I think drug oriented It's a, it's a fun, very high, very big rush of watching it. I mean, and yeah, I mean, sure, I'm on cocaine, but like, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, but I think there's an element of this that, and maybe if they just have a more normal production schedule, there won't be as much excitement anticipation and there'll be a little bit more reality watching, I guess, Re- watching it in a reality mindset as opposed to like what I, you wanted. I have a problem with 
I'm fine with dramas having like mid-season finales and stuff like that and being separated. But if it's a comedy, I do not like it separated. It seems very weird and like the flow of humor dies. Yeah, that's fair. What, what if it's a dramedy? A first third break or a yeah. second third break, but what not it, two. What it's dramatic it's a, enough that it's, it's, it's fine to be It, it worked in, for me in separated. Bojack. I was just about to say, what if it's a cartoon about a failed acting horse that's trying to set its life right, but then falling completely off? Well, that's a or, a la- or a lady that has a horse and she gets magical, fantastical powers. She- I think there's a difference in, in Bojack <laughs> yes, Horseman. Not about that, that was the final season and they kind of, you don't know, it, it was like you had a re- already. Um, and I think as Kaylin, you pointed out that there's a kind of homage to Breaking Bad in right. um, I guess for me, it's breaking the flow of comedy is important, but also there is something to a season and saying like, here are these 10 to 24 pieces, whatever, that as a story need to be considered together. And maybe it makes sense if you want your fans to pump the brakes on your character development. Like, guys, in every season, we're not going to have huge breakthroughs. We're not going to have drastic changes. You need to recognize you got to slow down. Did but you say Jurassic changes? Dramatic <laughs> changes. <laughs> Jurassic changes. Yeah. Life finds a way. I'd like to pose a question to the group. So uh, this inevitably... I'm running the show. Okay, well, you shut up for a next second. Next question. You slut! Um, uh, <laughs> I, think, I, I think this is inevitably going to get compared to The Simpsons, Bob's Burgers, all the Family Guy, all the animated series that we know so well. And they always have the formula of sticking to status quo with very little big changes. How does it compare and how does it differ in terms of to you, to all of these? Because I know it's trying to be something different, but is it just going through the same tropey? This is a cartoon family. I think the difference is they they uh harman royland have pointed out over and over again that rick is not a good person and he needs to have an arc for redemption or whatever and you can kind of see that arc but it moves at such a glacial pace that sometimes i'm wondering why they even do it like i love the season finale of four i think it was one of the stronger episodes Mm -hmm. but i remember when um you know he puts the little mind crystal thing to see like what he did and how he he doesn't. He he uh, purposefully doesn't know who which is the best clone, and he goes, "I'm such a shitty father." And I'm like, "We've seen this before. Yeah. You are a shitty friend. You're a shitty father. You're a shitty grandfather." And it's like, are we constantly going to see stories that show this, or will we see stories to show that he does recognize some of this and is trying to redeem himself? Where, where did he show? Where did he like have that kind of reflective? I'm a shitty father. It was he said it. Last he literally five minutes. said it. He no, no, literally said it. Boy, said, no, 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 before. I'm saying, so in other episodes, he's had, I'm a shitty boyfriend. I'm a shitty person. But like, I don't know that he's had an, uh, a, a shitty father. He's done it when um, they had the he episode. fought with, with Beth, Beth, but like, he justified that. Are you going to answer your own question or are you going to let us answer yeah, your question? Yeah, shut up. <laughs> so um, he uh, uh, he did it in the episode where uh, he created Beth's uh, little imaginary playland, 
and the revelation at the end, which was this episode was kind of a semi-sequel, uh, the season five was mm-hmm. a semi-sequel of, uh, definitely reflecting the fact that he is not, he was not a good father to Beth. He ran out on Beth when they were super young. They have referenced that several times and he's come back and Beth has constantly said, um, you need to be here for me. And he's not always been there. It's been a, it's been a running theme throughout the series. It's just the subtext was made text in this most recent episode. It's just, I'm waiting for the redemption yeah, rather than him you, pointing like, out like how he's bad. Like, well, do okay. you want to see a last season where he's really nice and everyone gets along? That'll be fun. And he's not drunk, I'm not, who cares? Uh, well, do we have to have two extremes? No, but if, you're, if the show wants yeah. to give us a narrative, then give us a goddamn narrative. Like, don't- But that, that go is back. the narrative. Because the narrative is that in he has been a shitty father that was like a story that was about him. Then he kind of acknowledges, yeah, I was a shitty father, but has no remorse about it. He, he justifies it by saying, you were a psychopathic daughter and pushes that on her and doesn't have like a lot of self-reflection about what he did. Now we've hit a moment for him where he's actually acknowledging that he's a, he was bad at this and that he recognizes the need to change. I, I think it's Except ultimately, I it is his story at the end of the day. It's Rick's story at the end of the day. And even in the very first episode of the season, he's acknowledging that he has to ask the family, specifically Beth, like to say, hey, um, is it okay if I bring Morty on this? He's, vi- he's dealing with the repercussions that he's already dealt with because he's pissed about it. And so like throughout the entire rest of the season, he's trying to be better. And I don't know if he's getting there. He's like trying to make friends, but he's shitty at it with the toilet episode. And like, I, I, he's trying to work. I see what you did there. He is moving towards it. I think you're, I think you're overall right to Kayla to express, but like it is moving at a glacial pace. And I, but I do agree with Brent and Ryan that I think it, it is moving forward. I think it's, it's, it is an example of like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like the Bojack situation works out much better because a lot of the show is focused on Bojack's growth and whether he's going to choose to accept a good or bad path or just like think he's a good, continue to think he's a good person while not being one. And I don't think they play as much with it, but I also don't think it's, it's not super necessary to me for this kind of show because obviously it's much more focused on it's gotten much more into like the spacefaring adventure of the week that makes commentary while also slightly moving the characters but I think if you want to like a good way to I guess put it of why maybe the progress is slow is like when you think about how many of the episodes actually advance people it's usually I don't know one to two at most per season versus entire seasons of like BoJack or other type shows where you have these shitty evolving characters every episode is dedicated to a slight nudge for any of them whereas i don't think you're always getting that here so i I can see why it's coming why it isn't as it's not as satisfying i can see why someone wouldn't find it as satisfying so someone can't change their personality that fast so even if they get learn one lesson they're not going to be like a nice person he's still a drunk asshole well the show feels like it's trying to have uh, have have its cake and eat it too because it could either be the spacefaring episode of the week, or it could have a through line of showing growth for the characters and the show reflecting on the fact, you know, almost having a meta commentary that 
Rick is shitty and some of the people around him are shitty versus any kind of growth. It's trying to do two things. And it's, I think it's not doing either particularly great. Um, I'm, I'm probably being overly harsh on it. It's, I kind of wish you would choose one or the other. I you mean, I think being harsh, right? yeah. question, it's definitely going to be something that hinders it yeah. from being one of the great shows of all time because the Simpsons and Bob's Burgers, even though I don't cons consider them equal quality, they recognize their model and why the model works and they know how to hammer that very well season to season. Yeah. Whereas BoJack Horseman goes on to the other side of the huge deep exploration of every single character. They're mining everyone they have around them. And for them to kind of, you know, try and find a middle ground is very, very difficult. I, I, yeah. Um, I, I was, was gonna ask Clark what he thought about any um, of this. I was thinking of um, different series. I was thinking of evolution of South Park and how much that has changed since the start. Like, Kenny's not dying every episode. Half the episodes are about um, Kyle's, not Kyle, uh, Stan's father instead. It's totally changed. There was in, the last season was just them at like a pot farm and they're like, they're barely going into town. It was very, uh, it's, you know, middle, middle in quality sometimes, but they've definitely had interesting growth. I was just going to, uh, to your point, Brent, I do think that there's a show that is probably a, better i think futurama is a better example the best mm -hmm. example of what rick and morty could be which is finding the fine line between emotional moments and i think that's kind of what we're going to see a lot more of with rick and morty in the future is that i don't think we have to be desperate for development but we do have to be desperate or should want to see continued humanity behind each of the characters because i was even going to say the problem that i have found and what I, not what I think is the worst, but and I, and I'm glad to hear that you Clark as a fan of his, that you like where he's going is I, I find that Jerry's turning a lot into the Meg of the show, like Meg. <laughs> See, and I love Hat. Meg. Right. And that's, and I think that's the problem is like, that's the only part of the show that's tending to feel a lot more one note for me, but they still do a better job of it than in Rick and Morty than they do in Family Guy. Um, and they have much more interesting storylines and it's not just the butt of every single joke is uh, Jerry, but <laughs> In, in general, like Futurama is a great example because Bender is obviously a really shitty robot and but still manages to do good things for people, still be involved and still slightly change over time. But, you know, did every single character in Futurama really become a different person by the end of it? No, but we were, you still became more endeared to their life events and just somewhat of their growth, even if it was more superficial or a, like, in all honesty, like the reality of how people change. A lot of people do not, you know, a, a zebra doesn't change its stripes. So people only slightly get more adult or more bet, like more thoughtful. They don't really become a different person normally. You All right, so I want to throw some sci-fi questions to you guys brought up by the show. Are vats of, uh, are, is jumping into a vat of acid cool? It, it is when they're definitely trying to draw a correlation to the pickle Rick one. So they're just like, is this dumb or is this fun? That was the whole premise. We want something either fun or dumb. We're not really sure what it is. And that's what that whole purpose of that episode is. Is that how you, how you made your relationship? Oh, and I made them both. He's dumb and he's fun. <laughs> he's a double threat. That was one of the weaker, I think that might have been my second least favorite episode after the one we already, I've already spoken about. Um, I didn't really think it 
went anywhere interesting. I obviously your answer is to, to your question is I don't care about vats of acid. I guess <laughs> <laughs> not I, interesting. I honestly forgot about that episode when I did the rewatch. I uh, did until like, literally Brent just said that. <laughs> yeah, um, I did like the sequence when um, Morty has the uh, the do over machine, which we find out is not really a do over machine, where he meets sure. the girl of his yes. dreams and they go through all that. Um, yeah. and I thought that was like, it had such a swerve that like, he never pushed the button. He never pushed the button cause he wanted this life. And then it was Jerry's stupidity thinking it was remote control that just like started everything over again. And I, I thought that was a, like, a, again, it was a really uh -huh. good joke, but it, it, it's indicative of my criticism of this season was great moments in very mediocre episodes it's also ryan's point of it's two different episodes at once like it should have ended 10 minutes ago kind of thing yeah so that uh that segment caitlin wasn't actually written into the show uh, apparently um they had they writ uh they wrote a, a relatively shorter show than usual and the director said don't worry i'll add something in and so that's why he added this really long sequence to kill for time. <laughs> That's, that reminds me of The Simpsons. Some of the, the most memorable uh, moments from The Simpsons is when they were like trying to extend the show for time from the early seasons. It's like dental plan, Lisa needs braces over and over again. It's like <laughs> one of the most beloved jokes, but it's because they needed time to yeah. fill out an episode. It's great. I think Kayla, right. you're right. This show would definitely succeed probably more as like, as, as a lot of Adult Swim shows are 15 minutes. And I think this, this season's definitely built around 15 minute episode type thing yeah for sure all right uh so if you find a crystal of death do you use it yeah absolutely sure. not absolutely not. yeah every once in a while i do love that uh, i do love that uh, jerry said you made my son into an akira oh that's yeah <laughs> <laughs> um are who is the parasite when a face hugger grabs onto you I like that a lot because, you know, part of it was trying to talk about our natural biology and whether we do something, you know, what we do, is it right or wrong to other species? Um, and I don't know, the face huggers for me, they are really fucking up a very real existent sentient species. So I don't know if it's great for that life cycle to occur, but then again, I mean, they didn't choose that life cycle for themselves. Life cycle chose them. We had that, some. That, we had a that, gay that couple in that. Oh yeah, Bob and sloppy kissing gay couple. I mean, we got their kiss, which was great. But I mean, you can even look at humans as like just this like they live for just a small little portion of time, and then they have these big fantastical adventures, but things outside of our like galaxy or whatever could be like uh they only live for like what 80 years who cares yeah yeah well if, what, if we thought like thousands of species galapagos yeah. tortoises if they had like a good brain <laughs> capacity they'd be like these things die in half a second Fuck them. <laughs> uh practical question uh how do you fuck a planet with consent <laughs> that is the right answer. No. Uh, I was going to say you put a ring on it first, but okay. So. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Rick would never. 
Um, so this one was one that I, one of the reasons why I thought that there was more depth to the dragon episode. Can sci-fi and fantasy exist together? Totally. Yeah. A thousand Absolutely. percent. Yeah. It's called Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, Star Wars. it's called a He-Man. I mean, it's, it's called sci-fi. Every, every theme in a movie, a TV show, everything can be done by Rick and Morty. So having fantasy yeah. as one where there's dragons and wizards is easily done because they can go to a world where that exists. They can literally do any plot. So they will look, the creators already yeah. been talking about this, like they're trying to do every sort of genre. And it's easy for them because they can pop into it real quick and do some commentary about how this is ridiculous because this is just like blah, blah, blah. It's, I mean, this it's is genius. But this is my problem, like, I don't know that I love, it's, it's hard for me to get over fantasy in a world where you're trying to ground it in some sort of realism, like having magic and stuff. Uh, oh, there are no rules. Yeah, fuck it, whatever. You can be whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Vagina, shoot the arrow out of your vagina. Cool, yeah, go for it. Um, it it's, I think it's really bothersome, like, how do we have wor a, a world where vampires exist and Tony Stark exists. Like, they seem like they have very disparate views about the nature of reality. That like, if I, I say like, I can go from universe to universe with a portal gun, it's not quite the same as saying somehow magically I've done something to alter reality. Like physics Why doesn't- Why are they exclusive? Why can't they all be in one? Well, I, that's, that's where the question comes from. I don't know if it's a weird wall I've set up in my own brain, but someone else might have the same view. I mean, what do you think about the X-Men? That brings a ton of magic in a lot. Yeah, with Excalibur we're dealing with, with the, um, the storylines from 70s with Forge. A lot of that was based on mysticism. And or MC, MCU in general. You've got yeah. Doctor Strange yeah. along with the Guardians of the Galaxy, along with Thor. So, uh, Doctor Strange, the thing I liked that they did in the movie was that they're like... Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Your favorite movie. Continue. We did nothing, so we haven't caused any problems. <laughs> we're actually, you know, we're drawing our energy and whatever our powers are to, like, shoot lasers and stuff from our hands from alternate dimensions or whatever. I'm like, okay, fine. That's as close as you're going to get to a scientific explanation from it. But it's better than saying... There are some magical words that if you say them will cause someone to turn into a goat. Would it help you to watch these things to be everything is science? Would that help you as a Scientologist? Like, like <laughs> because uh, it, it's it a scientist. Like you, want to, you want to quantify everything and some things just aren't quantifiable. I yeah, I think if it was like a actual like a Star Trek. If you were talking more of like a real grounded space series, like nothing about Rick and Morty has ever felt grounded. So mm. I don't, I would, I welcome the fact that they can really, they literally went to a fucking like fairy tale land. Like they've already done some of that stuff before. And I would rather they do that because it opens up their world of possibilities, lest we get stuck with kind of the same old or a more like focused set. Like I, I almost actually feel like that's why the, I, again, I think we can agree that plotting not the best, but the reason why the jokes were so fresh is because they had unlimited opportunity to find ways to think and talk about stuff. 
Um, and I, I think the more they layer out, and it's actually Solar Opposites, which is Justin Roiland's show on Hulu now, is not good precisely for that reason, is oh, that it's, it's so tight around its plot or it's around its world that mm -hmm. like it's not, it has nowhere to stretch and it's not great. No. Mm -hmm. So in the uh, last portion of time we've got, where do you guys um, see the story going? Has it created any problems for itself or does the season kind of open more doors than it closes? I was gonna bring this up um, when Kaylin was talking about the lack of possible development sometimes. I'm assuming per usual in the next episode, they're just gonna forget that he's a bad guy again. He's gonna stop thinking about him being bad because that's what they constantly do. They like bring in mm -hmm. growth and then they forget it for three episodes and they bring it in again and then forget again. And that happens in the series constantly. Which is one of my frustrations about the show. But Kayla, you as love, I love the X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> is Magneto a villain or a hero this week? Yeah. yeah. I think, like I said, I think it's ultimately his story. And then the way we will maybe end this whole thing is him sort of realizing he maybe doesn't need all this stuff that he keeps building all the time. I don't know. This it. I mean, but him slowly making. I think it's essential for him to make friends and closer relationships with his family and just other people. I think that's the overall theme of it. And you know, like they can do any fucking theme they want. So bring me a pirates episode. Why the fuck not? I want pirates. Because Rick is scared of pirates. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. He is very much. Had an episode. I will say that they've definitely introduced um, a pretty major Chekhov's gun with uh, Phoenix person yeah. being yeah. in the uh, in the, the lab, the garage. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're going to tie that in probably with bringing back the threads of the evil Morty, which they kind of reference within the train episode this, this season. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Phoenix person is going to end up becoming like Rick's secret weapon at the end of season five or maybe not even until season six. So. Um, the only thing I can forecast in my mind is just a lot more continually switching up the pairings for like A plots and B plots. And I think that's a huge benefit. Like I think even Summer and Morty's relationship I think is showcased in a more like team up positive light. Like I guess like we, we talk about obviously Rick not necessarily growing as a person, but at, at least the show is opening up and like Summer is going on a significant more amount of adventures her and Rick have a good relationship. Like there's lots of, there is a lot of growth to the show if not necessarily growth for the characters, which I think is a, is a huge positive for the, the, the show. Cause just watching Rick and Morty do things is can get exhausting fast. So seeing more and more of the family members engaged in the adventuring is, is a very added bonus season over season. Yeah, I think, um, I think the show is this, maybe by the train episode, uh, the show has kind of shown its hand that it's going to have a hard time going forward because a very big component of Harmon's story circle is that by the end of it, the character has changed. And so like he's trying to balance um, along with the other writers, the natural inability for each episode to have development. It's why I think maybe the Vindicators episode felt a little bit flat because Morty wasn't learning something new. And so the fact that he wants to do story of the week and longer character arc 
I don't know that it's going to work very well for the show. You just kind of have to wait it out to see episodes where, oh, there's a slightly different change. I feel like with 60 episodes, how is he going to, like, the, the character <laughs> arc has already gone to a point where 60 episodes worth of going, like, growth seems like way too long. Right. Yeah. Uh, I will Maybe say the next, like, fit the last 50 episodes will just be, like, a, a super happy, well-adjusted Rick. Yes. He's, like, an alcoholic. And I believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> they already did that. They already did that. <laughs> I, will, I will say as long Fuck. as the show continues to be as funny as I felt this season was, I'll watch it, you know, plot, character growth or not. I still yeah. find every yeah. episode to be completely enjoyable as a capsule. Fans love it so much that they put so much on it and it gets ruined like any fucking fan base. Mm -hmm. Fanatics are just crazy. So like it's... <laughs> It's still pumping out great things, so everyone should just be happy and shut the fuck up. It's yeah, my criticism analogy. is wrong. Never criti being critical. Uh, Brent, in, any, in the last minute, wait, anyone Brent, any yeah, I have one comment. Would you like to have an invisible garbage truck? <laughs> invisible garbage truck. It's a franchise. Do you want one? Uh, no. Yeah. It's vehicle to have invisible it's free yeah yeah well tons of things are free you can throw People a lot of shit on, in it shit on the, dog shit shit on the floor and you could pick that up and that's free that doesn't mean it's good okay can we end with our favorite thing from the season like just a snippet what we'll remember from the season you guys have said it multiple times slut dragon yeah, no, mine is you son of a bitch. I'm in. You son of a bitch. That it just stays with me all the time. It works in every circumstance. My uh, definitely my favorite is with a little uh, the second like part of with a little help from some old friends. I was, I was, <laughs> I was very much sold on that episode. Uh, with the lollipop in his mouth. Yes. <laughs> I'll say uh, I'll uh, do the reverse of that. There's one episode that none of us have really discussed at all. Do you want to make an app? <laughs> oh, an episode. Oh, yeah. Great episode. None yeah. of us still want to talk about it. <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a favorite moment? Caitlin? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I really, really just laugh at Snake Jazz. It's so dumb, and I don't know why it makes me laugh, but every fucking time, it just does. Yeah. Oh, my, the second runner-up is the, um, the, when the cat shit in the sand. Oh my God, that <laughs> whole- shit in the sand. I, I forgot, that's what I really wanted to talk about. That's probably my favorite part of the entire season was like the horribleness. And then just did two like little leg marks, top, little foot marks on top of it. No, mine was the very end where like Rick went, like they see into the cat's oh, mind yeah. and Rick wants to kill himself and Jerry's just vomiting everywhere. Yeah. That, I, I forgot that that was, yeah, that was the part that really hit me in like a bizarre, amazing way. I thought that would have been triggering for you because if we saw in your mind, it would be like that. <laughs> It was triggering for no, me. That's not triggering for me. I'm, I'm, I'm the cat in that case. <laughs> You're the cat. <laughs> uh, with that, uh, I guess uh, no one has any final comments. 
You did no thanks. Brian. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> we've been Homo Superior. This has been our review of Rick and Morty season four. Uh, have a good uh, rest of your life.